Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And uh, we're back, baby. Yeah, back, baby. Um, (laughs) I think we said that last time, too. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Um, So for those of you who have kind of kept up with what's going on with us, um, we had said that this would be sort of a different episode where um, we just wanted to be able to have a really informal chat and talk about what books we've been reading outside of book club. And um, we're going old school here, folks. This is the kind of you know, chat that Becky and I just would have normally, yes. you know, so. Old school. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, it feels old school to me because this is what we used to talk about all the time. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Before we focused on one book. I have yes. to say, I am so excited about this conversation. I know. Me too, I am Becky. Like, I, me too. I have been looking forward to this all weekend, really. I know. I know. I mean, I'm like, this is going to be so great. silly. <laughs> Well, I think for me, I feel like I sort of used to keep, uh, I sort of used to not try not to talk about books Mm. because I didn't want to spoil our conversation when we were going to record. I know, I know. And so now I'm like, oh my gosh, we get to talk about Uh all these books that we're Mm -hmm. reading. Yeah. And yeah, so. All right. Before we do that, I want to know, how many books do you have going at one time? Typically. Um, I usually have, like, one main book. Okay. And then I'll usually have, like, um, some kind of spiritual book or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times I'll have sort of a secondary, like, something on my phone in case I can't take a book with me somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I'll usually have other books that I've sort of, like, they're sort of, like, um... I don't know, like in between books where like if I run out of a book that like if I don't have books that I have lined up that I'm ready to read, mm-hmm. but I still want something to read for a while, I'll go back to them. Like I have a um, a Charlotte Bronte that I'm kind of okay. working my way through in between other stuff. How do you remember so, it though? Sometimes I don't. Sometimes okay. I have to like go back and be like, okay, I got to reread the last yeah. chapter because I, I yeah. can't remember where I'm at. Yeah, so, yeah I wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think. Yeah, it's not the best plan, but... <laughs> hey, if it works for you and you don't care, though, you know. Yeah. Well, some of them are, you. like, books that I might not make it through if I didn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. some of them are like, gosh, this is a long book, or it's, like, a harder read, or that yes. kind of thing. Yeah. What about you? Well, <laughs> I use... I feel like in the last couple of years, I've really changed how I read books, because oh. I used to take one book at a time and I would work through that, like read that book and finish it, move on to the next book. I do not do that now. I used to be, I guess I was afraid that I would mix up the stories a little bit in my head. So that's why I would like be faithful to one book. But now I feel like I, there's so many good books and like, I just don't always have all the time I want to read. I feel like there's too many good books out there. I just want to read a ton of them. So I actually, well, I mean, I'm sure if people have listened to this podcast before, they know that I drive a lot. So I do have right now, I have like one audio book that I'm listening to. And I usually stick with one audio book at a time. And then yeah, I, that'd be too hard to mix up. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I couldn't go back and forth with audio. That'd be right. <laughs> yeah, and then I have um, like a devotion book that I'm doing, which I don't really count because it's. I feel like it's different. I don't know why I don't count. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I count well, it as a I book, say... but I don't count it like, you know, I'm reading through this because I guess it's just right. a different attitude of like, I'm not trying to read through it. I'm trying to like go through it slowly right. and right know. so anyway well when i say spiritual book i'm talking about like uh, the foster book and then like the oh like i have a book of tozer oh okay just you know that kind of thing okay so it's like it's not really a devotional book right but it's like you know so yeah, it, yeah I, that's more what i meant by yeah. that but yeah if i was reading okay. like, a, like if i was reading a devotional book then that yeah, yeah. i'd be like well this doesn't well i do have, have <laughs> another one right now called um 
Uh, oh, I wrote it down because I knew I have so many books written down for this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, it's called um, Becoming Us. And it's using the Enneagram oh. to create a thriving gospel-centered marriage. And it's by yes. Beth and Jeff McCord. Have you heard about the, this book? No, but I know. Is it the same woman who has, does she have like a podcast? Yes. Yes. An Enneagram podcast. Yeah. Yes. And, and she's I, a Christian. And so they, yes. you know, they, they do Enneagram stuff with, yep. with from a Christian yes. worldview. So that's kind of that book I have. Uh, picked up here and there that's kind of I guess like my spiritual book right now like like you know in that category because I don't read it every night I don't read it every day right um so and it's kind of a different you want to read it at like certain times you don't want to read it like right before you go to bed you know because right you kind of want to do like more of a mindless read at night I guess I do at least yeah so yeah, I hear you. Anyway, but um, that one's been really good. Anyway, all that And that say, one's specifically for a marriage, yes. how your two personality types yes. work, like work together or match. what they... Yes. Gotcha. And how to work with the other person. Like, I'm a, I'm a type two, which is the faithful servant, I think. And then Nathan is a type nine, which is the peaceful mediator. And it's... Yeah. It's kind of funny, like, how spot on some of the things are. Like, oh, my goodness, yes, that is totally me. Or that is really Nathan, you know? So Yeah, you start to wonder if they have a video camera in your house. Right, it's a little bit strange. (laughs) Yes. So, anyway, I'm reading that book. Oh, yeah, Yeah. Before we dive too far, what are you drinking? Oh, my goodness. I'm excited about this, too. So... (laughs) We are very excited today. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I just found out last week that a coffee shop opened up in our town. Now, our town, (gasps) I know, our town is like 20 minutes from the nearest big town. Big, you know, it's not a city, but, you know, it's a suburb. Yeah. And, um... So we, you know, we have like a couple grocery stores. We have like less than 3,000 people that live in this town. So it's a tiny, you know, it's a tiny place. And we have never had a coffee shop, to my knowledge. And they they opened up just Saturday. And as I was driving home today, I was like, you know what? I forgot they opened up on Saturday. I'm totally going to swing by there. So I did. And it's on the square. Which is adorable. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm a little bit surprised there's never been a coffee shop because your town has like that square, like the little historic square or whatever. Yeah. And then it's got like all these cute little antique shops. Yes. And, like all that, you know, like it's it's super, like it would totally lend itself to a coffee shop. Yes. Like people come there to go to antique, uh-huh. you know, antique shops and stuff. Uh-huh. So. They, you know, they can buy their antiques and sit down with a cup of coffee or That's whatever. Right. I'm surprised yeah. there's never I know. been I know. a coffee shop. This one um, is more, I think it's geared towards maybe a younger, it has a younger vibe. But I'm, okay. I'm like so excited about it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. It's like within walking distance from our house. And I was thinking this morning. All I right. Could, I know. I could totally take like the kids like one at a time, you know, one Saturday and yeah, like, like get them a little dates. treat, you know. Yes. So, yeah, it just it's really fun. And as I'm speaking and Nathan is listening, he's probably like, "Oh boy. <laughs> We're <laughs> going to we be go. spending a lot of money on coffee." <laughs> Here we go. Exactly. But, you know, it's bonding. It's a bonding experience. So anyway, I got a um a caramel latte sugar-free caramel latte with almond milk and i figured like if you can't do that right then you know yeah it's a good test it is it is for me especially because i love you know it's like one of my favorite drinks and it is i used to have a test indian dish (laughs) oh really what was it yes lamb vindaloo huh yeah i don't know Huh. If I went to a new Indian place, I'd always be like, 
Yeah, I'll try the lamb vindaloo. Is that your favorite? Can... Is that why? It used to be my favorite. It's okay. not anymore. Okay. But, um, and now it's like, I, I feel like that was back when I lived in Grand Rapids. Okay. So now it's like, beggars can't be choosers. If I find <laughs> Indian, I'm going to eat it. Right, you know? exactly. So Get anyway, buffet, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. So you were saying you had a, t- you have your, you know, your test coffee yes, and it is delicious and i oh, it made yes. me even more excited i was just <gasps> ecstatic Yay. and i let ellie get a little um a cookie because they have like you know some desserts and stuff yeah and it was a really big cookie and it was um <gasps> like just vanilla and then it had like brownie swirls in it and she said she really oh, liked it yeah. so Nice. Yeah, exciting. That what about is exciting. you? Because I know you have waited all Lent season to have your coffee. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so um, someone so generously brought me a cute little home, you know, housewarming gift <laughs> when she visited me. Oh, I wonder who that is. <laughs> I don't know. Who could it be? So she brought, so it was this cute little basket and it had like some caribou coffee and some um, Starbucks, um, oh, what's it called? The nitro brew. Yeah. And like a couple different little things and, and some cute little seed things that I haven't planted yet, but I can't oh, wait to. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I've saved them because I wanted to let the kids help me plant them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I brewed up yesterday, I brewed up some, um, caribou okay. in my French press uh-huh. and then I had some left over and I was like, Ooh, I'm going to save that, put it in the fridge, let uh-huh. it cool down and do like an iced coffee tomorrow. Yeah. So I did caramel mm-hmm. in the coffee and then I did like a little, um, it's, it's actually coconut milk okay. and then, um, just a little bit of whipping cream and then some caramel in the, the the mixture and then mm. whip that up. Oh my goodness. So I was trying to make it a little lighter with like uh, just a little whipping cream to, for it to whip yeah. up but not to make it heavy. Right. So it is delicious. That sounds really so good. whoever did that was super nice. Yeah. Yay for them, huh? That, that person. <laughs> wow. And I haven't had caribou in forever. Caribou is good, man. I know. I used to go like caribou. to caribou when I lived in Ohio and I was teaching. I would go there like Friday mornings and get a coffee for my day. Nice. That was like my treat, you know. Yeah. For making it. I don't, the yeah. Week. <laughs> well, and I've never lived by a caribou, so it's always just been bags. Yeah. But I'd love to go to one sometime. Yeah. I just. They're really, I've never lived by one. They are very good. I yeah. Enjoy me nice some job. caribou. Yeah. So I've got like a. It's a little bit caramely, a little bit coconutty. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Yeah. Sounds amazing. So yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'd never tried coconut milk. I don't know why. Really. I guess I thought it wouldn't go with everything. You know what? I don't know if I've tried coconut milk, but I love, like, coconut things. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I guess I just thought, well, I need something more plain yeah. that would go with everything. That would go cereal or whatever. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Coconut goes with everything, baby. Is it? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just, like, a little hint of coconut? Yeah. It's not, like, overwhelming, but you definitely get a little bit of, yeah. you know, that coconut flavor. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes nice. I like to put coconut um, extract <laughs> in my mm. coffee and Nathan nice, yes. one time was like how much alcohol is in that it's like you're so silly there's no alcohol <laughs> there's no, there totally is. <laughs> alcohol in coconut extract and I did not that know that is hilarious it. so that's well, the most you know alcohol what? I've ever had <laughs> I didn't know that until probably my mid to late 20s because wow. I never knew how it was made but like right. all of the extracts that you use in cooking are yeah. made with alcohol that's how they extract the yeah that, that's how they extract it they yeah. put it's usually like vodka or something very mm-hmm. you know kind of almost right. neutral right but like it's yeah it's soaked in like vodka or whatever yeah welcome to <laughs> i'm 37 turning 38 this year and i just found this out <laughs> well, and I think the only reason I found out when I did was because of all the cooking that I, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I just, <laughs> I know, I didn't know that either. Like, but if that you coffee own, how was you know that? really good, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, I don't doubt it. I do not even doubt it. Nice. <laughs> okay, uh, so back to anyway, so. the books. Yes. So, um, I don't know where to even start. Do you want I know. To I know. S- to start with maybe what you've been reading lately or your favorite book you've been reading lately? 
Sure. Yeah, okay. I can do that. Um, so it, I feel like I have, uh, I, I've told you this a few times, but I've definitely read a lot less over the last, mm. uh, probably year and a half. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, it just depends. Well, maybe it was more like a year because I think it was basically from Corona. Yeah. Um, thanks, COVID. Thanks a lot, COVID. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's just been busy and I just feel like I haven't had as much free time. And when I yeah. do have the free time, I think especially in the beginning, I just didn't for some reason want to read, which is so not like me. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I would have the downtime for it and I'd be like, no, I don't want to read. Yeah. So I think, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I think it, there's probably a little bit of the depression thing yeah. working on, you know, like yeah. the whole, like not being interested in things that you're normally interested yeah. in, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, will say whenever I was in the hospital, you would think that that would be a great time to read, but I could not make myself read in the hospital. It was almost like oh. I love I love reading so much. Oh. And like I hated being in the hospital, so it was yeah. I didn't I almost didn't want to taint my experience by like yeah. reading, which sounds so strange. No, but that, that kind totally of, makes sense. To yeah, me. that kind of sounds like what you are explaining like you had a rough year and you know with everything going on and with homeschooling something completely different than what you've done before it's just it's hard to mix it into something that has been difficult does that make sense yeah and I do think there might be almost like a behind the like subconsciously some kind of like a um I don't know, like, like maybe it's a lack of focus or like maybe there's, Mm. there's so much kind of going on in your brain that you sort of just can't focus maybe or something. Um, so there has been some of that Mm -hmm. throughout the past year, but I mean, I still, I still enjoy reading and I still, um, am able to do it sometimes. So I definitely have stuff. I just don't have nearly as much because I used to be able to get through a lot more books. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so I feel like my list this year is pathetic. I'm like, oh my gosh, I only read, you know, however many, you know, the quantity. Yes, and I have read some really good books. Yeah. So I'm going to start with one that I read at the beginning of the year called The Nesting Dolls. Okay. And I really did enjoy that book. I can't tell you the name of the author right off bat because I do not remember at the moment, but it's called The Nesting Dolls. And it's about, um, it takes place in, um, well, kind of all over, but like Germany and Russia. And mm. um, it's a World War II type story. Mm-hmm. And, um, it goes through World War Two, and then it goes through the, uh, like, the Cold War, and then it goes up to modern day. And these, um, this family is, it goes through several, like, a couple different generations of the family. Okay. And in the beginning, you kind of meet, like, the grandmother and that kind of thing, but it's all modern day. And you're kind of going, why is this grandmother so, like the way that she is. Hmm. She's, she, you know, she'll have weird reactions to small things and that kind of thing. Okay. And then it takes you back and you go back to the mother's time period and that kind of thing. And then you go back to, so it kind of goes back and forth. Okay. You know, it's one of those. Okay. Um, but yeah, and it was super interesting. I learned so much about, um, cause this family, they end up emigrating to the U S okay. in like the sixties or seventies, maybe hmm. something like that. Um, so not only do they have this background of like all this, you know, trauma, um, not only from World War II, but from the, the Cold War and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they, you know, so there's just a a ton of trauma, Mm -hmm. but anyway, um, you find out why they react strangely to certain things or why, you know, that kind of thing. So I found it super interesting. Um, I just learned a ton about like the Cold War. Yeah. Like a, a more Russian okay. perspective. Okay. Um. So. So historical yeah. fiction, you would say. Yes. Okay. Historical fiction. Yep. Um. Um. I will say. Do you want to kind of go? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I will <laughs> say that you mentioned this book before, and I looked it up, but I accidentally got a book called Nesting Dolls, not oh, the okay. Nesting Dolls, and I was not okay. enjoying it, and I was like. I don't know. This doesn't sound like the book that Laura uh, explained. Oh, that's funny. So if oh you gosh, do look it right. up, uh, listeners, 
Make sure that the is in the title. <laughs> yes, the nesting, the nesting dolls. dolls. The other one, it wasn't bad, but it was like, I could tell that it was part of like a mystery series. And I was like, eh, oh, okay. It's, you know, eh, whatever. I just, I just looked it up so that people won't get confused. Okay. It's the nesting dolls and it's by Alina Adams, A-L-I-N-A. Adams. Okay. So if you're looking for it, yeah, that is the correct one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's so funny. I That reminds me of when I was in a book club back mm-hmm. in Jackson, Tennessee, and there was this one time where somebody, like, we would each take turns choosing the book. Yeah. And so somebody chose a book, and I remember, like, somebody mentioning something sort of in between book clubs, and I was mm-hmm. like, huh. I don't remember that part. I'm going to have to go back. And I got to the book club and I had totally got the wrong book. It was oh. the same exact name. <laughs> same name. Different and author. so the whole book club, I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, I got the wrong book. Mm. Discuss amongst yourselves. I'm just going to listen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what it was the exact book same was name. About. <laughs> yeah. It, it ended up being a really good book club because we, like, they told me about the book that was supposed to be. Yeah. And I told them about the book that I read because I had really liked it. That is funny. <laughs> And then one of them was like, I'm going to get that one, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, hilarious. I want to read that, too. So, anyway. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because once you start to read more, you realize, wow, this title is not original. There are yeah. a lot of books very yes. similar. And I notice kind of trends, too, when it comes to titles yes. of books. Have you noticed yes. this? Like, Does it seem that there's a lot of the girl? Yes, or... for a while it so, was the girl's. Like the girl on or the train. Or so-and-so's wife. But yes, that's another Somebody one. or other's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how come these people never have names? <laughs> uh, right. Because once you, I think it's, I think it's like a tactic, like to sell books. I think because so. Because if you read The Girl on the Train and you love it, which it was a really well-known book and they made yes. it into a movie. Yeah. Uh, you're going to want to read another book that has the girl something because you think of that book automatically. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you're right. And I know for sure there's, um, they, the way that they do the covers. Yeah. Um, is very much signaling. Like yeah. They, they have certain covers that they use for certain types of books mm-hmm. to, so that people will see, oh, I read a book that look, kind of looked like that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes pick sense. Up that same, you know. Yeah. Very sneaky, tricky. Sneaky, sneaky. But it works, honestly. Because yeah, it, it helps me figure out which books I might be interested in. Yes. And usually it's it's pretty much on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to go back and forth? You want to tell sure. me what yours? Sure. <laughs> yeah, let's see who has more. It will be me. <laughs> it's going to be you. <laughs> because I just could not. Like, I did, I did rein myself in a little bit, but, uh, you know, if we have time, I have some extras that I <laughs> want That's to share. Awesome. So the most <laughs> recent book, Excuse I just me. finished it on Sunday, um, which was yesterday, actually, um, was called The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Have you heard of this hmm, book? Okay. No, I it's haven't. A, it's a recent um recently published book okay um the last about last or lost the lost l-o-s the lost okay um and i actually had been on a waiting list to read it for quite a while see this is what i was gonna share i sometimes like right now i have like five books going because I, I'll be on a waiting yeah, list yeah. for a book that I really want to read. And I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to put myself on the waiting list because it could be forever. Yeah, and exactly. then when it comes in, it's like, I have to take it no matter right, exactly. what. So unless I want to wait another like two months. So anyway. Yeah. But yeah. this one I read in probably three days. It was so good. Oh, <laughs> it was good. Nice. Yeah. So it's about this hidden apothecary shop in the late 18th century, um, and it's in London, and the woman that runs it, her name is Nella, and she mixes, like, poisonous concoctions for her female clients. Okay. And she disguises the poison in these jars, and she only helps women, 
And it's usually women who have been, like, abused by men or, like, something. Usually the women are using it on the men in their life. Okay. Um, And she always, you know, she always does it for women. She's never done it for men. Her shop is, like, word of mouth only. And um, it's, like, disguised behind this hidden wall. So if somebody comes into the shop, yeah. they just think that it's this old, you know, like, you can't even tell that it's a shop. Um, okay. And then her story kind of intertwines with this 12-year-old girl who comes to visit um, because she's buying a poison for the lady of the house that she works at. And okay. then it also has this uh, story, like, it flips back and forth between that time period and then present day. And it follows, the present day story follows um, a woman named Caroline who um, is traveling to London by herself from Ohio. And she was supposed to be on like this anniversary trip with her husband. But a few days before they were supposed to leave, she found out that he was like unfaithful to her. So she's like, "Um, I'm going to go by myself on this trip. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes to London on her own to kind of like think through things and stuff. And she ends up with this group of people that are like searching the, the um, rivers for treasure. They're called um, mudlarkers. Have you ever heard of that phrase? Huh, no. Okay. Uh-uh. I, I didn't look up mudlarkers to see if it's an actual, like if people actually do this, but I would assume that. They probably do, just based on... I know in history, like, throughout history, people would do that. Yeah. Because, of course, you're like, if you live in London, that's a free source of revenue. There mm. could be things lost in the river, could mm-hmm. things that people, you know, threw away or whatever. Um, yeah, I know it did happen in history. I don't know if it's still a thing or if it's a yeah. big thing still. But, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he actually, the guy that led this tour, he... Like, that was his income. People would pay him. Okay. And he would take them down to the river and let them search, and he would help them find out if they found something, what it was, and, you know, so that okay. was, like, his yeah his job. So, huh. okay. um, she actually, Caroline actually finds one of the apothecary bottles, and it sends her on this huge journey to, like, discover the unsolved mysteries or the unsolved murders that happened in London 200 huh, years before. Okay. So it is a very good book. Um, I loved it. I would, I mean, I'm giving ratings. I don't know if you want to do that, but. Um, uh, sure, that's fine. Yeah, go for it. I would, I would definitely give it a Pete's, obviously, based on nice. how I talked about it. Nice. But such a good book. Well worth the wait if you have to wait you know, through the library if you don't want to buy it or whatever. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. So. Well, I've, I've written it down, so yeah. I'll be yeah. hunting that one down. It's by Sarah Penner. Okay. And all yeah, of these books we can put on our website, groundsfordiscussionpodcast.com, and you guys yes. can look them up and yep. even probably get a link through our website, too, to, you know, Amazon yep. or whatever. So. Yeah. Anywho, Definitely. your turn. Very cool. Tag. Okay, so an- <laughs> next. Um, so the next one um, will be a little bit familiar to those of you who, ha- um, if you've listened to the podcast, um, maybe, you know, I don't know if you listened to this particular episode, but mm-hmm. um, we, towards the beginning of the podcast, did a Anthony Horowitz book um, yes. called Magpie Murders. Mm-hmm. And the next book that I was going to talk about is called Moonflower Murders, mm-hmm. which is the next in that kind of installment. They're separate. They're all all encompassing in their own right. But it is the same um, character, Susan Ryland. Mm. This is on my book list. Oh, I'm is ex- it? Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited okay. to hear what it's about. Yeah. All I know is it's Anthony Horowitz, so... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I am such a huge fan of his writing. Yes. He writes in such a, I mean, it's just, it, they're, they're always page turners. Mm-hmm. Everything he's ever written that I've ever read was mm-hmm. just such page turners. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, this particular one is about, um, so Susan Ryland and her um, boyfriend from that 
other book, Magpie Murders. Um, they, of course, at the end, if you, if you read the book, you know they ended up in Greece mm-hmm. and running like a little um, hotel. Mm-hmm. And um, so Susan gets this visit from some people who are vacationing in Greece, and they want Susan to help them figure out what happened to their daughter mm-hmm. because their daughter has gone missing. And she uh, had made, I can't remember if it was a note or if she told somebody, but before she went missing, she said something about that she thought she had figured out what happened with this murder that had taken place um, at her parents' hotel, because her parents own a hotel as well Mm -hmm. in England. So um, she thinks she figured out what happened, and it all has to do with a book. And the book is a book by Alan Conway. Oh, Alan! Yes, reappearing. Yes, (laughs) who was the author? Yeah, from that last book Uh that Susan worked with. Um, She's the editor for his books. Yeah, and he ends up getting murdered in that last book. So anyway, it was. I really enjoyed it. So they asked Susan to come back to England Mm -hmm. and try to help them figure out what their daughter was talking about hmm. what in this this book that this particular um Al, you know Alan Conway book mm-hmm. would have shown their daughter what happened in this other murder and why she's now missing okay so it, I really enjoyed it. I thought mm-hmm. it was a really fun read. It was it's very um, similar in style, yes. you know, to the last one, and just they're just fun reads. Yeah, you know, it's not it, you know it's not going to be like oh I learned right. so much about life from this book. It's just a fun read, right? You know, so yeah, Moonflower Murders by Alan Horowitz. So yeah, and I what really would your rating it. be? I'd give it a Pete because I love okay. I love that style of. You know, a, a mystery, and usually a mystery within a mystery. Yeah. So it's just, I, I just think it's so fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, so if you compared it to the other book, which one did you enjoy more by Anthony Horowitz? Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed both of them. Equal? They're both favorites? <laughs> both favorites. I mean, if I had to say, I'd probably say the first one only because... It was so groundbreaking and new when I read yeah. it. The style yeah. was so different from anything I had read. Where yeah. It was like sort of like, you know, a mystery within a mystery. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and the manuscript and all that. But yeah, the same thing kind of happens with this one where she has because she's she's like, I don't know what would be in that book that would that would make your daughter, you know. Right. Um, so, so of course, she has to reread the manuscript. Huh. So, this okay. one is kind of that same thing where it's got a manuscript in the middle. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I. Yeah. Yeah. That will probably go on my waiting list. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And I feel like we need to um, uh, just explain real quick what our rating system is only because some people yes. might not remember or might not know Yes, if yep. you are new to the podcast. So um, we do a one through five rating system, one being not that great, and then five being our favorite or the best. Yep. So yep. Um, obviously this is a podcast about coffee, coffee. So, Coffee talk. That's right. So uh, n- we relate them all to um, what we hate. <laughs> yeah. All the way up to what we love. Yeah. So uh, number one would be Folgers. Two is um, Duncan. Three yep. is Eight O'Clock. Four is Javalia. And then five is a Pete's. So yep. that's what we're talking about when we say it's a Pete's. It is the highest ranking that we would give a book. Yes, because obviously less coffee is bad and more coffee is good. That's right. That's right. Oh, boy. Okay, so your turn. Tell me another one that you've been reading. All right, so um, I think I will do this. uh, This next book I read, hmm, actually it was an audio book for me. Um. And I loved listening to it because it took place in London and in Scotland. So, obviously, I'm going to hear the um, accents throughout the book. So, that was really fun, you know. But the book was called The Bookshop on the Corner. 
and it's by Jenny Colgan, C-O-L-G-A-N, Colgan. Okay. And it it follows the story of a lady named Nina, who was a librarian in London until the funds were cut and she was forced out of her job. So she always wanted to have her own little bookstore, but she couldn't really afford it. So she actually ends up buying this like huge oversized van (laughs) and uh, you know, (laughs) it works out that she, she can't keep it in London because she can't get like a permit to park it anywhere. So she moves to the small country town in Scotland where she actually bought it. And she opens up this quote unquote bookstore out of this van and her, it's like her dream job because she pairs readers with books and um, it the story just kind of follows her adventures, like, as she, you know, learns how to live in this new little town and opens this bookstore and meets the people and all this different stuff. And um, one thing that hooked me right away with this book was actually not the book itself, but the introduction that the author wrote. Um because oh, okay. in the beginning, she, the way she talked about books was like so endearing. She, she, um, you know, talked all about how this is for the readers and you're going to meet a lady named Nina. And let me tell you some ways to read books and some places that you can read books. And, Um, She goes off about, like, where you can read books. And the way that she describes it is so fun. Like, she talks about reading in the bathtub and reading in bed, (laughs) reading, you know, while you're sun tanning. And, like, don't hold the book this way or you'll get a a book tan, you know. It's just really cute. That is funny. How she describes it all. Um, Like, she even talks about how she drives somewhere 10 minutes early so she can sneak in 10 minutes of reading, you know? Um, So it was just a really like cute introduction. And I was like, Oh, I think I like this author. Um, Now I will say there was a little bit of swearing and there was um, like some content in it. um, Yeah. That is easily skippable. But if that, you know, isn't somebody's cup of tea, then I totally understand, but, um, it was, it was fun to read because it referenced other books because obviously this lady, Nina is a librarian. So, you know, her yeah. whole life is books. So she would, yeah. you know, reference different classics throughout and stuff. And that was kind of cool. Um, and honestly, like, as I was listening to the story, I was like, oh, my gosh, wouldn't it be so fun to open a van bookstore? Yeah. <laughs> like, it yes, just it made it so appealing. And I was like, when I get to be, like, 60, 65, I should totally buy a van and drive around <laughs> the United States and sell people books from, like, a really cute little van shop. It'd, it'd be that, like a food truck. That's pretty adorable. But just, yeah. you know, for books. Yeah. How amazing would yeah. that be? Super adorable. Yeah. So anyway. That needs to happen. I know. Let's do it together. <laughs> yeah. Be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah so totally. I would give this book a, probably a Javalia. Um, okay. Yeah. Because it's definitely, it's, it's a, I would say it's like a beach read. It's okay, okay gotcha. to be interrupted. It's okay to like, you don't really lose your place or like, you know okay, what I mean? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a little bit fluff and it's a little bit cheesy, but I enjoyed it. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. All yeah, right. I, I, that's how I feel about Moonflowers. Like, it's not anything. It's not Groundbreaking. Deep. It's, not, it's just yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. It's just really fun. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's see. Which one do I want to do next here? Uh, so I think I'm going to talk about um, The Evening and the Morning, okay. which is by Ken Follett. So any of you who have read Ken Follett before, he had a, um, a series in the 2010s maybe or so um, 
maybe it was before that. I can't remember. Anyway, called um, The Pillars of the Earth. And oh, yes. I think that was, well, maybe that was the name of the first book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the, the series had a name or not. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, and it was about these um, uh, cathedrals, like, like people, how these cathedrals in Europe and spe- I think specifically in England mm-hmm. were built. Mm-hmm. So it imagines these, you know, architects from you know, the middle ages and all that and how, what their lives were like and that kind of mm-hmm. thing and follows one particular, um, guy, but it's a, it's, it's more of an epic style where the book spans a fair amount of time, that kind of thing. But there was a whole series. Yeah. Um, and so I had read that gosh, years and years ago, um, and enjoyed it. But those of you who may have read Ken Follett will know that he, there's, there is quite a bit of content, but most of it is, um, Sadly, fairly historic, probably historically accurate. Really? <laughs> like, so there's there's some disturbing scenes and stuff, but it's because that's the kind of thing that happened mm. in the Middle Ages or the kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, it's fair. It's fairly believable, mm. even though it's a lot, a lot, you know, there's a lot of tragic stuff, but there's a lot of good stuff, too. Mm. But anyway, um, so this book, The Evening and the Morning, I don't know if he's planning on doing another series or not, but it actually goes back in time. Oh. And goes to, I think it was like the 900s, maybe. And it starts out with a character who, um, his name is Edgar, and he is in a village that's right on the um, coast. And um, his town gets uh, raided by the Vikings. Mm. And so he ends up, he and his family end up having to leave and go somewhere else because there's just, I mean, everything is gone or burned. Yeah. Um, So they have to go inland and start again. And over the course of the book, he ends up, like, he's very um, gifted with his hands. Like, he and his, his dad's business was boat building. So he and his brothers built boats. And... He just had a knack for it. Like, his brothers could do it, but it wasn't really intuitive. And for him, it was just totally intuitive. Like, he just knew how to, like, he just understood the mechanics of how to do all that. So anyway, um, so he ends up going inland. And by the end of the book, he's basically like a, like a mason. He's a, he helps with cathedrals. So it's sort of the beginning of the story of how um, they started building these churches even before the Middle Ages. Cool. So it, I found it really interesting. I, I just, yeah, I thought it was, I like the concept of going back even further. Yeah. And sort of finding the, the roots of that, all that stuff. Yeah. How that, how that might have looked. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I would, I would, I would give it a piece. I enjoyed it. And again, like I said, if you know, um, if you know Ken Follett, there, there's some hard stuff. There's, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, rape scenes and there's, yeah. you know, like, I mean, the Vikings, right. you know, come in and, you know, so, but again, this is, unfortunately, that was life, typical at, you know, yeah. at that time. And so, um, so it's not, I don't feel like it's gratuitous necessarily. It's just life. Now, yeah. could he have just skipped some stuff? He probably could have, yeah. you know, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it's, it. I still, I still really enjoyed it. Cool. So, I'll um, have to put that yeah. one on my list. I actually have never read Pillars of the Earth, but I oh, did. Okay. I did. There was like a PBS miniseries on it. Do you remember that? Yes. And I did. Right. I did watch that, um, and really yes. enjoyed it actually. But this was a long time ago. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, now it's an older series. It doesn't yeah. feel that old to me, but it is older now. Yeah. But he was um, the the guy that played the main character in that. Yeah. Um, Jack, I think his name was. He is actually the main character. I think is the is he the guy that plays Endeavor now? Do you know Endeavor? I don't know if he's in Endeavor, but I know that okay. he is the main person, the main character in. Um, Crimes Against Grindelwald, and what was the first one? Yes, um, um, Fantastic Beasts. Yes, Fantastic Beasts. Yes, yeah. yes. I think that series was kind of his, like, breakout. Yeah, you know, Like, what kind of, you know, The Pillars of the Earth is kind of what got his career yep. going. Got him started, um, yeah. 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 Anyway, um, so that's that was that was a good one. All right. All right, we your turn. just popping it with Pete, Folks, huh? 
Folks, we are, I promise we will not go, we will not go forever, but. We won't go forever, no, but we did warn you, so. We did warn you that this, we were really looking forward to this, so, you know, I'm not going to feel bad if you listen to half and go, that's enough, you know. Or listen to the other half later, or save it. Yeah, that's okay. And then when you need a book recommendation. There you go. Just Just, come back Come back when you need a new idea yeah so yeah well this is my last one that i will explain but i do have a couple more that i want to talk about real okay quick. but yeah go for um, it so this next book um is by ruth ware and um i've told laura this but for those of you that are listening i just discovered her not too long ago and i, w- I wasn't looking for a new author but I love her style of writing, and uh, she typically writes some sort of mystery slash, not spooky, but just like, um, what's going on here? Like, it's more than just a mystery. Yeah, intrigue. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always about murders or anything like that, but um, something strange is usually going on. And by the end, she usually has a pretty good twist. So Okay, I like know, a good twist. You know I love my twist. I love me a good twist. <laughs> so um, this book is called Turn of the Key. Um, and I think she has at least three books out that I've okay. read. She she might now, have Now, is more. it the same? Do they, uh, do they have anything to do with each other? Is there no. a central character or are they all separate? So far, the ones that I have read are all separate. Okay. In and of themselves. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. So this one, Turn of the Key, is about this young girl named Rowan, and she gets a job as, like, a live-in nanny working for this really wealthy couple in in their, like, secluded home. But this home is up-to-date um, with technology, like, almost in a weird way. <laughs> like, she doesn't realize huh. at first, but... There's cameras all over the place, and, like, the mom can call in okay. and just see what she's doing, and <laughs> it's a little bit weird, but the longer huh. that okay. she's there, it's kind of like a smart house, you know? Yeah. But the longer that Rowan is there, the more she can tell that there's, like, something is off. Like, the dad tries to hit okay. on her, which is weird, and then... Ew, yeah. Um, and then... The middle child, there's three girls that she's watching. So the middle child, she makes some really, like, disturbing remarks about some stuff. And then the house is so secluded. And she just feels really alone. But then she also feels like people might be watching her. So um, the children one day even introduce her to, like, this poisonous garden that used to be around, like, way before, you know, when... Because the house is really okay. old. So there's rumors in the town that there were deaths and murders in this house in the past. So there's all these different things that she's hearing about, you know. And you discover pretty early on um, that she's writing this letter to a solicitor asking him to represent her for the murder of one of the little girls that she was nannying. So that's okay. how it starts out. And she obviously says she's innocent. And yeah. so it just it tells huh, okay. that story. But um, I love Ruth Ware. I love her books. And I would give it a Pete's. It was very, very intriguing to me. And I, I every time, every time there's a twist, you know, I just can't help but yes. be like, Yes, that is what I'm looking for. Yes. I just love it. I love it. I know. So, yeah. It was very, very good. Awesome. I'm definitely looking up Ruth Ware. Yeah. And I will probably be reading that I'm trying. And, do you remember you know, the book possibly. that you picked up and you're like, have you ever read this? And I was like, yeah, she's like my new favorite author. It was the yeah, first one right. I read of hers, which I've tried to remember the name of it. Um, oh, The Death of Mrs. Westaway. Oh, yes. That yes. was the first book I read of hers, and I loved it. And okay. um, I actually listened to that one on audio, and I had Laura listen to this author. Her name is, or not author, um, reader. 
Her name is Imogene Church. If you ever come across any audiobook by Imogene Church, you need to listen to it. I don't care what the book is. Because <laughs> she has the most amazing voice I have ever heard read. And it's so unique. Like, I can't even describe it. It's like, it's she has an accent. But yes. it's... It's just intriguing to listen to. I don't know. I really love her yeah. voice. And yeah. she usually she, she reads, does a really nice job. Yeah. She usually reads Ruth Ware books. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she's done um a couple of them that I have listened to. So What did did you like her yeah. voice, Laura? I did. I thought it was really it's just it's almost like um yeah, like she's good at making the text very like intriguing. Yeah, and I don't. It's not necessarily the the accent. It's just yeah. Although I, I it's she's, although she's, it is that too though. I think yes. Like I yes, like that, that plays too. into it. Yeah, but yeah, she she does. She's really good. She mm-hmm. does a really nice job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's kind of made for that genre. I'm sure she could do other things too. But yeah, um, yeah, her she voice does a really lends nice job. itself to that specific genre yeah i agree all right i'm gonna be looking those up for sure (laughs) um so i'm gonna mention a couple i'm not gonna go into it sure um i read recently a book called flight of the sparrow okay and i gotta tell you this is this is funny i so i have this list on Amazon, this wish list yeah. that I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm really bad about updating this list. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be everything from like Christmas ideas for relatives to books that I want to read yeah. to all kinds of, I mean, I it's just a <laughs> complete hodgepodge, you right. know, and then I'll forget to check up on it and I'll forget that I put stuff on there mm-hmm. anyway. And people, people will be like, have you looked at this recently? Some of this stuff looks like it wouldn't apply anymore or something. You know what I mean? Like, and I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. I put that on when I was vegan or whatever, you know? Right. Anyway, um, and so I have, so all that to say, my Amazon list has tons of books on there that I don't remember at all. Mm. So I, um, so this Christmas, um, my mother-in-law, Barb's, she's awesome. She just, mm-hmm. I mean, she's like, she loves to give gifts. Like mm-hmm. that's her love language. Yeah. And she's, she's so sweet. So she just loves to give gifts and she's always looking for more gifts to give. And so, um, I didn't even know it, but when I got to Christmas, she had bought me several books from my wish list. Aww. I did and I didn't remember any of them. At all. <laughs> so it was, so it was super fun. It was like yeah. somebody had bought me had gotten into your mind and had got yes (laughs) yes i was like i don't remember putting these on at all but they sound so interesting you know so so it was just kind of a fun surprise so i've kind of been slowly working through those okay they're sort of my back burner books because i own them Mm -hmm. whereas if i you know if i have a library book i have to finish that first yeah so i've read several of those recently because we've moved so i can't use the library yet oh okay so I've been working my way through those for something to read, and it's just been fun because, like I said, I didn't, <laughs> I don't remember anything about these yeah. things. So, um, so I just read a book called *Flight of the Sparrow*, mm-hmm. and it's about, um, it's it, it's historical fiction, but it is based on a real woman's experience. Okay, um, it's a woman in colonial America who, um, they're living. I mean, it's like sixteen. 60s or 70s somewhere in there maybe Mm -hmm. um i think we're talking like before salem witch trials but after like the very early days of you know like when it's not jamestown but you know yeah um and so she um she ends up like the the native americans in her area raid her town and she gets kid she gets taken Hmm. and she and her um her daughter well i think all three of her kids actually get taken um and um, so they're, they are with these Native Americans for, like, three or four months before mm. they're eventually, like, ransomed back. Like, there's, like, a, you know, a deal struck mm. where they get given back to, um, you know, to the village or whatever. And it's, like I said, it's based on, um, it's based on actual events that happened. And apparently this woman wrote a um, kind of, like, a memoir about her experience mm. Which is pretty was pretty rare. Yes. Um, for the time for a woman to write, you know, a book. Um, and we don't know how much of it was like 
just her or how much of it was like sort of edited by the bigwigs or that kind of thing. But this woman kind of imagined what what would have gone on in her. Uh, I'm sorry, the author kind of is imagining what that would have been like for this woman. Hmm. And it's just interesting to me because not it's based on like I said, it's based on real stuff. But the author is coming at it from a very different time and place. Yeah. And so I just found it interesting. Um, some of the things that she thought that the that this woman might have been thinking or feeling, which I don't know if that would have been the case. Yeah, yeah. So it felt like a bit of a um, a look into that time period and their their way of looking at the world, and a look into our society right. and how our society views that world. Right. And just, uh, so many things wrapped into that, which I just thought was super interesting. Mm. Um, cool. Yeah. So I would read anyway. that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 de- I definitely, I was like, oh, this author is uh, definitely coming at it from our perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So I just found that interesting. But are anyway, you done yeah. with that book or are you reading it right now? I did. I did finish that. Yeah. Okay. So what would you rate it? I would give it probably, I would probably give it a co- eight o'clock coffee, Javalia. Okay. Okay. Somewhere in there. The actual book. I don't know, like, story-wise and that kind of thing. I I, I just, I, I more found it interesting to analyze the two worldviews yeah. clashing. Yeah, okay. So that, that, then maybe that might be different for most people probably, you know, most people are probably like, well, either you liked the book or you didn't. Yeah. Well, I, I did, but I found, I just found that interesting. Well, it was a part so. of the book that wasn't in the book that you enjoyed. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Okay, yep. that's interesting. Okay. What about anything else well, for you you want to? Yeah, real quick. Um, okay. Since you were talking about nonfiction, um, I did recently read a book called First Women. Um, it's called First Women, The Grace and Power of America's Modern First Ladies. And it's by Kate hmm. Anderson Brower. And I have read another book of hers, Kate Anderson Brower. Um, which I actually enjoyed more than this one, but it was, I, I still enjoyed this one a lot. It's obviously all about the first ladies and the roles yeah. that they played in their husbands' presidencies and, um, you know, the things that they did while their husbands were in office. Um, mm-hmm. And then the first book that I read of hers was called The Residents, which was all about the presidents. Um And it was so interesting. Both of them were really interesting. Um, Hmm. Okay. I love learning about the presidents. And this gave good, bad, and ugly. I mean, it was was Hmm. very interesting. Um, Huh, okay. You know, you learn the presidents that were hard to deal with. You learned, like, the the first ladies that were more demanding. You also learned like who the staff enjoyed working for more like it was it was just really really interesting because you don't get to see that you don't get to see that life and obviously it's a part of our our culture and our um our uh history but yeah our collective past yeah. yeah but but we don't get to see inside of that and even she said that some of the the staff there would not give interviews until they were retired or, um, you know, didn't want their names used because yeah. you do not oh, talk yeah. about, that's just how it is. You do not talk yeah. about, uh, former presidents or current presidents. Um, yep. that's just the, the culture. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was Makes very sense. interesting. And it's out, it's out of respect, hmm. you know, that they yes, do that. Yes. Um, yeah. Yep. For sure. So. That's very interesting. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I might need to pick that one up too. I have, oh yeah. man, my book keep list it, is growing going, by girl. leaps and bounds. It's awesome. <laughs> you know what I should do? I'm just going to put it all on my Amazon list. Forget about them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to mention one more book. Um, it's called. Okay. The Cousins, and this is actually, I think it's geared more towards, um, uh, not adolescent, but like teen. Young adult or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's called The Cousins. It's by Karen M. 
McMahon's, I think is how you say her last name. Okay. Um, and I thought it was interesting. It's a fiction book and it's about these cousins that don't really know about each other. All they know is that their family doesn't really talk anymore. Like their moms and dads don't talk. So the siblings don't talk and their grandma owns this big like touristy island and they've all been asked to this island for the summer to work. So they all show up, they meet each other and, um, it's kind of a mystery as to why they've been asked there because they've never even met their grandma. So, um, it, it's, I, I enjoyed it actually. Um, and I like reading, you know, young adult books every once in a while. Um, I do too. So that, that was a good one too. I will mention a couple that I have not liked in the last couple of, uh, Mm, do tell. Yeah. Last couple of months, I guess. There were two that stood out to me. Um, have you heard of J.K. Rowland's new book, Ichabog? Yes. Okay. I was not a fan of it. I it, oh, It's okay. clearly written for small children. Okay. Um, it's very, uh, it's not mature writing at all. Um, okay. Which I know she was... You know, she was gearing it towards little kids, but it was not, I just did not enjoy the story. Now, I will say my son, Micah, who just turned 13, read it and he said he liked it. He didn't say he loved it or anything, but, um, so, you know, maybe for little, little kids, but if you're seeing that book and thinking, J.K. Rollins, eh, it's not worth it. Yeah. (laughs) And then another book. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like, you know, she kind of struck gold with Harry Potter and really yeah. put a, a ton of energy into it. Yeah. And then all sort of everything since then, I've been like, eh. I, I tried to read her adult, her book yes. that was for, a, you know, like her, you know, whatever. I can't, I don't know how to phrase it. It's not an adult book because when you say adult, it sounds right, like, right. you know, bad. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but I I couldn't even get into it. I know. It was just like. Eh, Me too. Eh, eh. Yeah. I've, I yeah. tried that one too. I was like, hmm. Yeah, she really just needs to stick with Harry Potter. And I think she's trying. Yeah. I think she's trying to, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. with the anyway. cursed child and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, and then one more that I recently read, I will say it was interesting, but I don't know if I would necessarily re- recommend it. It was called Binti, B-I-N-T-I, and it was by hmm. okay. Nadi Okorufor, Okorufor. I don't know how to say her hmm, name. Okay. But um, it was like a sci-fi young adult, I guess. Okay. Um, it's about this woman who was is from Africa, and it takes place in the future. And she's she was accepted to this university on a different planet. And so it's about her travel to this university, and their ship is actually abducted by this other alien race and um she becomes their spokesperson and it's it's very it's strange i didn't hate it but i didn't love it but if that's up somebody's alley like you know a sci-fi read it's it's definitely interesting i i will say that so and it's a short it's it's a short read okay so he says more like like young adult yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's actually, it might be a series and this might be the first one. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, but it's called Binti. All right. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think that's all I have for right now. Yeah. Um, but I would love to do this again at some I point. Know. And I don't think, I mean, don't worry guys, we're not going to like morph into this is all we do, but right. I, this is, this is super fun to me because yes. I, I miss just chatting about what we're reading about yes. so yeah. yeah me too yeah um so yeah I guess that's it for now yeah. and um do you want to tell about what what is happening next time yeah which be two weeks from today or two yeah two weeks yeah in two weeks mm-hmm. from now our next you want to talk about that episode so we're going yes. to be reading uh it's a historical fiction 
Um, yeah. And it's called A Fall of Marigolds. And it's by yes. Susan Messner. Um, yeah. And this is... Um, uh, but I think it takes place on, um, like, uh, on, what is the island? Why am I drawing a blank? Um, <laughs> is it Ireland? No, no. It's like uh, where immigrants would come over. Oh, uh, like Ellis, Ellis Island. Island. Yes. I don't yeah. know why I couldn't think of that. It takes place on Ellis Island. And one of the okay. nurses that wor- worked there during, you know, hmm. I think it okay. was the early 1900s. So, okay. yeah, it's a it's an easy read. It's a fun read. It's historical fiction. And I think I think people will like it. So. All right. Yeah. So join us next time where we discuss a fall of marigolds on Grounds for Discussion podcast, where the books and the coffee are a perfect blend. <laughs>